In this time of uncertainty, as the Western Church is forced into home churches, Open Doors is standing with you. We're releasing a mini podcast series to help you and your church follow Jesus and strengthen your faith. We are one body, one church, one family, and we're stronger together. Hello and welcome to another episode of House Church by Open Doors. We hope you had a beautiful Easter, even though it looked so different this year. Um, Maybe you spent time with family in a different way, tuned into church online and spent some time with the House Church by Open Doors resources. Um, We also saw so many of you standing in solidarity with the persecuted church through the One With Them campaign. So thank you so much. We were able to stand with over 900 households across Australia and New Zealand um, and stand with the persecuted church this Easter, which Easter is a time of increased persecution for Christians who follow Jesus in really difficult places. But during a pandemic, it's also... um, really difficult to follow Jesus in some of these countries. They are often the last people to receive medical treatment or any kind of provision. So we thank you so much for your support for One With Them. You know, there's over 2,000 people, 2,000 households that are registered for House Church by Open Doors. And this Easter, we've been asking each of those households to give $100 to the persecuted church this Easter. So there is still time for you to do this. If you would like to be a part of it, you can head to onewiththem.org and donate today. Yeah, Joss, it's great and so encouraging to see so many of the households and people stand one with them, shoulder to shoulder with the persecuted church. You touched on just briefly a moment ago the reality that Christians face, and I thought it'd probably be good to give some of our listeners a little bit of insight into that. You know, we've heard stories uh, when we talk about persecution increasing at Easter. Year on year over the the last four or five years, we've seen the Sri Lankan bombings, we've seen um, Pakistan attacks, Kenya, Egypt, all sorts of attacks on the church. This year... In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, actually, it's as difficult for Christians, if not more. Mm. Some of the stories we've received out of the Middle East are that at the moment, many of the hospitals or the COVID-19 clinics are actually being um, looked after by Christians, so Christian doctors and Christian nurses. And initially, my response was, well, that's a beautiful thing. But actually, the reality of that is that they're being told, well, they're expendable. If you get COVID-19 as a Christian, it's okay if you die. So we want you to go in and look after these people. They're often not given what we call PPE or personal um, protective equipment. And therefore, they're left really exposed to the virus. Mm. So Christians are being forced in to do uh, look after people with no form of safety or protection. Similarly, we've heard other stories in countries where many of the minimum security prisoners have been released. But actually, the prison authorities have not let Christians out because they've said, to be honest, we'll prefer you get COVID-19 and die. And so again, it's one of those things that even in the face of the pandemic, the global body of Christ is under immense and intense pressure. It's why standing one with them and our $100 per household is something we're asking because if you think through, you know, 2,000, 2,500, whatever the number is now of households registered and using these resources, if every single one of us gave $100 as a household, not an individual, Mm. a household, you know, the world will be a different place for Christians. It's what Open Doors has been doing best for 65 years, is serving the global body of Christ amidst crisis. So please, as Josh said, can I encourage you, jump online to onewiththem.org and donate $100 per household today because we think even a small sacrifice for many can make a huge 
difference to the global body of Christ. On today's episode, Mike, we are going to be talking about the idea of transformation and purpose. I know that you've talked about this before, Mike, and you've got some really cool ideas around the idea of transformation and purpose and that it often looks quite different to what we can think. That's right, Josh. In fact, on today's episode, I thought the best thing we could do was share a testimony, a transformation, someone that you actually know, a guy called Ozod. He's a guy that we've spent a lot of time with in Central Asia. In fact, I was there last year and you and I were meant to be there only a matter of weeks ago. Mm. We were going to take a a couple of the guys from the Hillsong worship team with us. We were going to spend some time over in Central Asia. And then all of the COVID-19 pandemic seemed to get in the way and interrupt all of our plans. But I thought today for our listeners, we could share Ozod's story because it is a story of radical transformation. Ozod lives in a country in Central Asia where it's extremely dangerous to be a Christian. It's a place where communist oppression and Islamic extremism collide. But Ozod has not always been a Christian. In fact, he grew up a Muslim. He began drinking when he was 10 years old. When his mother would find him drunk, she would beat him until he was almost unconscious. He then began smoking marijuana because his mum couldn't tell what was wrong with him and she couldn't smell the alcohol, so was able to avoid the beatings. Ozod dropped out of school in year eight, went to the military, and after he returned, he said he went deep into alcohol. As a young adult, Ozod married, but his customary within the Islamic culture would regularly beat his wife. As Joss and I sat in his living room, hearing his personal testimony and eating dinner with his family, his wife told us how she lived for 12 years of their marriage with blue eyes. Because when Ozod got drunk, it would make him feel like Mike Tyson. So he said I would come home and I'd pretend she was Evander Holyfield and I would beat her. In Christian circles, we often talk about radical transformations. Transformations like Saul to Paul on the Damascus Road. And you know what? This is exactly what Ozod's transformation was like. Not long after this, Ozod's brother-in-law accepted Jesus in prison, which made Ozod furious. In fact, he beat his wife even more because her brother had left Islam and converted to Christianity. One day, the Christian gave Ozod a book that had pictures from the Bible. Ozod, during this time, had become one of the most well-known jewelers in all of Central Asia. And so imagery and pictures were something that really intrigued him because he'd always look at the jewelry and the biblical kind of images and want to try and recreate it. The Christian would visit him weekly and Ozod would ask provocative questions to try and disprove Christianity. But this Christian brother kept sharing about Jesus, the cross, and salvation. Eventually, one night in his home, Ozod fell to his knees and cried, Jesus, you are my God, and you are the Saviour, and I believe in you. As I said before, this story involved a radical transformation, but what happens next is what undid me, because in my thinking from this moment on, Ozod should be a changed man, a good man, but that's not how it worked at all. Ozod didn't stop drinking. He didn't stop beating his wife, but he did start evangelizing, and especially when he was drunk. Two years later, his brother-in-law was released from prison and invited Ozod to church. And Ozod will say, I'll come. But every day it came around to going to church, he was always drunk and unable to attend. Ozod sold the house. He moved six hours away with his wife and his brother-in-law would still come and visit and invite him to church. Ozod eventually gave in and attended church with his brother-in-law. At the end, the Christian who had been talking to Ozod about Jesus got up and did the altar call. Ozod said, something happened inside me. I stood up and I went directly to the pulpit. I'm sure people thought I was going to beat up the pastor, but I fell to my knees and started to repent and pray. 
the Holy Spirit was doing something supernatural in my heart. My brother-in-law ran to me and gave me a hug and fell to his knees. We were all crying and praising the Lord. On that day, 28 other people, one by one, accepted Jesus. And that day, I promised the Lord I would serve him faithfully. But even after that, the alcoholism was still there. And he still beat his wife. After three more years of living like that, Ozod heard the Lord ask him, Do you love your earthly father? Why do you love your father? Ozod said in 43 years of his life, he'd never thought about it and said to God, Well, because he's my father. The Lord replied, Ozod, you've been drinking for 21 years of your life. Why during these 21 years have you never dared drink in the presence of your earthly father? The Lord said, I don't want anything from you except for one thing, that our relationship would be the same as you had with your father. Ozod said, Then I just rolled down onto the floor from the sofa. I started to cry with such a sorrow in my heart. Because since that moment, my life changed, my world changed. God had provided miracles, restored the relationship with my wife, children and brothers. Mike, that is just the perfect story for this episode. And I remember sitting there with you and um, Ozod in his house and seeing now his whole family following Jesus, his children running around, singing us songs, playing guitar, um, memorizing scriptures and saying them back to us. He's got a beautiful, beautiful family that all now follow the Lord so faithfully, always serving in church. And it's just an incredible testimony to God's goodness and his faithfulness. Um, And I think there's no kind of denying that Ozod's transformation is totally radical from a Muslim alcoholic to now a Christian, a pastor in his church. Um, It really is just one of the most beautiful stories of transformation. And something that I love, Mike, is that Ozod's wife is faithfully serving alongside him. They are still married. They are. They have come a long way in their marriage. What an incredible journey to walk through. What a transformation to walk through together. Um, and she is so faithfully by his side um, even now. And I think there's just absolutely no denying that this story is an incredible story of transformation. It's a radical story of transformation. And I completely understand why you wrestle with it. I've wrestled with it as well um, because it took years of claiming Jesus as his Lord, but still living as a drunk, still beating his wife. And I think if if that was someone in my world, if that was someone today, I don't know if I would believe that their faith was genuine, that there was a real authenticity there, that they actually truly understood who Jesus was and what it means for their life. I think that's a really good point, Joss. And it's a story of not only transformation, but a story of purpose. How often is it that we read the scriptures and we talk about the Damascus Road? And to be honest, I think... Oh, Saul must have been transformed in a moment, in an instance, miraculous, overnight, done. But the reality is, I reckon he would have woken up the next day with elements that would have lingered from his old life. Those kind of things that make you really wrestle with the new person you've become. And I think that's one of the things we fail to remember is that radical transformations take time. But one of the most powerful questions I asked myself about Ozod's story was this, at what point Would you or I have given up on Ozod? Was it the first time that he had claimed to be a Christian but still remained an alcoholic and beat his wife? Was it the second, the third, the fourth? I mean, it wasn't as if this guy got it right sort of after one misstep. It was years, five plus years of professing with your lips that you were a Christian and doing anything but that. 
And when I think through my own patience, could be the right word, mm. with others in my world that are walking similar journeys, I'll tell you what, heartbreaking, I probably would have given up on them the first time they'd stepped out of the box, all of a sudden saying to myself, well, they're not really Christian anyway. But the story of the brother-in-law, the story of the Christian brother who witnessed and shared Jesus's love is a story of patience, of purpose, of transformation, because ultimately their faithfulness has catalyzed one of the single most influential guys for the gospel in that whole region. Mm. Maybe the greatest lesson in this is that we're actually all sinners and that when we share our story, we need to get comfortable with being open about the good, the bad, and the ugly elements of it, especially when we talk about it to those who walk with us during those times. Our story is most powerful to those who know us best. Yeah, Mike, I think you're right. And I think one of the things that struck me the most from um, our time with Ozod and many others in Central Asia for that matter is that while to the world their transformation of Muslim to Christian, from alcoholic to not, from beating your wife to not doing that, they might seem more radical, more noticeable and more needed. But Jesus transformed me. He transformed us in the same way as he did them. We all need Jesus, the seeker and the saviour of the lost. And whether that's in Central Asia or whether that's in suburban Sydney, it doesn't really matter. We all are in need of transformation. And that's where we'll end today's episode today. I hope it's been encouraging to you. Maybe you're um, in the middle of that transformation at the moment, maybe, or maybe you're walking alongside people. I just pray that you have patience um, for the way that Jesus is working in their life, maybe in a different kind of timeline than what you had expected or what they had expected. But God is still in the middle of it and he is still working. Um, And he is still powerful to transform even the hardest hearts into bold and courageous and committed followers of Jesus. So we hope that's an encouragement for you today. Um, Check out this week's video from House Church by Open Doors where we talk about purpose and unpack the idea of transformation in a different way, talking about the demon-possessed man from Mark chapter 5. Um, But that's where we'll leave it. Thank you so much. If you want to sign up for House Church by Open Doors, you can head to opendoors.org.au and we'll catch you next week.